1: One of my first jobs was working as a dishwasher at a nursing home restaurant. And then there was like so many people started quitting because uh, the guy who basically was our manager was like scamming people out of their paycheck.
0: This is Taste. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Here are two classic conversations from This is Taste. Iowa Debris plays Sydney Adamu on the beloved FX show The Bear. On this episode, she tells us about her real-life work in New York City restaurants, and we get into some behind-the-scenes talk, you know, what it was like filming in and around Chicago. Also on the show is a fast and furious talk with cookbook author and food TV personality Molly Yeh. We talk about what makes a great Hallmark Channel movie, and we theorize about how she will possibly star in One One Day. We also talk about Little House on the Prairie, the TV show, and how Molly is living her best life in North Dakota. I hope you enjoy these amazing conversations. I've been talking about your show with like chefs, with media folks for the past like three, four weeks. It's constantly on our minds. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you made a show that freaked a bunch of people out in the industry.
1: (laughs) It's kind of wild. I don't know if that was the intention. I think, you know, we hoped it would resonate with people. It felt very exciting and um, scary in the best way to kind of film. And, um, you know, a lot of us did, you know, a lot of speaking with chefs, chefs that we know, chefs that we didn't know. Um, I worked in restaurants for a long time. I'm getting ahead of well.
0: That. Let's get into well, that. We'll get into
1: that. But yeah, it, it <laughs> I, you know, it's like you. We hoped that it would feel honest, and, um, you know, I don't know. Just feel people would feel something, but yeah. But I feel like what it's bringing up for people and how. How much that's happening has definitely been um, kind of a surprise, a, a pleasant one for sure. But, but yeah, definitely it's been a surprise.
0: I've been speaking, I spoke with the chef yesterday, and he's like, watched one episode and was like, I'm out. Like, yeah. it was too, too close. I've yeah. read articles about chefs getting PTSD from it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it speaks a lot about the bear with the show we're speaking about because you did create a universe and a world that, um, you know, has been attempted to be created for years, but hasn't really resonated in the way it has because it's not It's not phony. I mean mm-hmm. it's back a house is like a war zone <laughs> if it, Right. I mean, so like what's your experience in restaurants? Like what where do you come from with the restaurant or in the restaurant world? Are you front of house back of house
1: well, my first j- job? Um, one of my first jobs was working as a dishwasher at a nursing home restaurant And then um, there was, like, so many people started quitting because uh, (sighs) the guy who basically was our manager was, like, scamming people out of their paychecks. And so um, then I got promoted to waiter, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that there could be a worse job than dishwashing. I miss dishwashing and just, like, getting to listen to Muse. Why um, now all these – geriatric, you know, (laughs) senior living people are yelling at me um, for more softer soup. But, uh, yeah, so that was, like, my first experience, and then you know, that was, like, middle school or something.
0: Oh, wow. Um, Young! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, did you ever hear some words that you had never heard before when Um, working back a house uh, (laughs) as a middle schooler? Yeah! (laughs) There were a
1: lot of people having sort of just, like, memories that I was like, (laughs) (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) Um... When can I do prom? But yeah, uh, that was my first job. And then many years passed. And then when I was in college, I started working in restaurants again um, in New York. And I worked uh, in reservations and as a host and as a um, barista um, and, uh, then as a waiter.
0: Can we name names? Like, are there restaurants that are still open? I, or even Yeah, I,
1: I mean, I... <laughs> let's go it there. It feels weird to say... I, I, but I worked at, uh, ABC Kitchen, ABC oh. V, um, and ABC Cochina.
0: Oh, ABC V. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. I, I feel like breakfast ABCV ABC V truly, yeah. truly, truly was, one of the greatest I food.
1: was there when it opened, and we got to taste the menu, and, um... Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and then um, and then it opened, and then we and then we kind of stopped dating there, and we started <laughs> working there. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, when you when you actually. Uh Break it down. You you have a lot of experience in restaurants, but when you got the the call that you're you're in the show and you're mm. playing such a pivotal role and you're awesome, like just absolutely wonderful role, like acting it's and very kind. No, I mean it. And I think we've we've talked about who our favorite actors are and, and characters, but Sydney is certainly resonating with a lot of people. I'm talking to. But did you have to do any additional kind of thought, like research? I mean, method is the word some use. But did you enter the kitchen?
1: Uh, I yeah we yeah I, I got to. I mean, you know, I I remember when I got uh like the final callback. There was this scene um, that I think it got fleshed out more for the audition, just so there was more. But there basically was a scene where it was. Sydney running the pass, but it was saying like a ridiculous amount of orders of numbers. And I remember Chris being like, it was so crazy how you got the pacing. And I was like, yeah. I don't think so. I think <laughs> I just have been yelled at by chefs. Um, <laughs> and I remember what that sounds like. But yeah, I mean, I knew that I had uh, experience and I come from a really big family where food is very important. Yeah. And so I've definitely been also yelled at in yeah. kitchens in my own personal life oh <laughs> so there's some of that happening uh... oh, oh for sure yeah my family loves to cook my mom is truly one of like the best cooks of my life wow. and i've like invited friends for dinner and they've been like she's the best cook in the world like she used to make extra lunches that i would bring to school and, oh like, wow to they
0: were like taking requests and oh go,
1: yeah and oh she my- was loving it because she she, lo- she loves to cook and she's she's an incredible
0: yeah. You you bring up Maddie Matheson and and you know he he's done you know has a bit of a star turn in the show as an mm, actor. We yes, didn't, we didn't see that coming. Anyone, but um, but he you know consulted and and yeah. kind of brought a little of that real chef flavor. Did he teach you some things like about knife skills? Like
1: yeah. I worked a little less with Maddie, more when we started shooting. Like, then we interacted more with him, like, helping out. Um, But, uh, Chris, who is the creator of the show, Mm -hmm. and one of our directors, Joanna Kayla being the other, uh, but, uh, Chris's sister, Courtney Store, is an incredible chef um, who's worked in L.A. at places like Animal and mm-hmm. John Vinny's. And so she was one of the people that I worked with. Um, it was really important for me to work with both female chefs to hear their stories and get their experiences um, and also, you know, see, you know, how a female chef moves and cuts and maybe what are the things that, you know, she focuses on Mm -hmm. versus a male chef what are like the skills that maybe Mm -hmm. they have that you you know are are just like different and how you adapt to space differently also Mm -hmm. like the choreography that that was interesting to me and hearing those experiences were interesting to me so Courtney Coco was one of the people uh who helped and so many other really great Mm -hmm. chefs um Gender aside.
0: There's a scene with stock, you know, where you you have, like, a bit of a physical deficiency to grab stock yes. from the top shelf. And, like, it seems like, you know, having a different body from the other yeah. t- 98% of the people in the kitchen. Yeah. It's got to be a challenge. And you do handle that really well. Now yeah. you bring it up.
1: I mean, at that moment is definitely, like, a charged and kind of painful one. That I think yeah. is also, like, speaks to, I think, City doing something where it's like, well, you know, what you should have done in that moment was you know ask for help or be like hey knock it off don't do that you know why did somebody move (laughs) this camera to the top um you know but like that could have been a moment where pride and all the stuff came aside but where it's like coco i remember was watching it and was like that's so frustrating like you know (laughs) like what's what's happening um Because it's like, yeah, Marcus could have just reached, you know, could have just reached up and grabbed it. Could have done it. Yeah.
0: But, but, you know, the character, Sydney, you know, wanted to do it yourself.
1: Yeah, because I think there was a lot of (laughs) anger that she was trying to process um, and, you know, I don't know, couldn't in the way that she wanted to and, you know, was trying to, prove herself to carmy and to the staff in a certain way and i think also to herself i think she has a lot of complicated feelings about Mm. pride and about Mm -hmm. her own self-worth and the things that she projects onto it i think she does think about herself you know as like a, a a black female chef and i think she thinks about that in a lot of complicated ways and i think uh some of those things she can sometimes you know project onto other people mm-hmm. and some of those things like are, tr- are true yeah. you know but also some of them it's it's like you know it's it's those feelings that are like working themselves out and and kind of meeting people in yep. interesting ways in the kitchen you
0: bring up marcus i have to ask you know spoiler alert obviously you listening this far you like the show what's in the donut what's the filling in the yeah. donut what's um, the filling cuz it's like it feels like it could be like passion fruit but i'm just guessing
1: it was like this really crazy um fermented cherry situation ah. that was inspired by the that book uh, on lacto fermentation yeah. um
0: it was like the Noma book with the big yeah. hand on it that mm-hmm. crazy you no know, I love that yeah. book Yeah and so Art it's like a it was like
1: a crazy like fermented cherry situation Interesting
0: cuz like you know there spoiler there there was a moment at the one of the last episodes where you know you are on the floor eating some or Car- Car- Carmesy on the floor eating the donut, yeah. and it's like clearly the m- best donut ever. Yeah, I love that about the show.
1: Yeah, and Marcus finally cracked the code. He uh, was um, he was being ridiculous while he was doing it, there's <laughs> but, a ten- he, but he cracked the code. He
0: was being ridiculous. But l- back to the show, yeah. You know, there's a real tender moment between you and Marcus at home mm. in a later episode, and and it shows you you cooking in home. Are you cooking yourself at home? Are you yourself uh, a, a home cook?
1: Yeah, like, I really do love that moment too because I think we see, you know, there's like a moment. You keep saying spoiler. I'm just going to say this spoiler. Spoiler for everything. Uh, no, no, no we, but we, there's we a said moment the where you know Carmi goes home and he's like eating like chips and soda and like a PB&J just yeah. like not really taking care of himself and I feel like, you know, Sydney, um, she's got a lot of, you know, stomach issues. She's got a lot of head issues and is living with her dad and yeah. trying to, you know, build back her credit and save money and all that stuff. And so I feel like when she was working and when she works, she doesn't take care of herself. So I think it, it, I just love that moment because it's like a tenderness and like she's not only cooking for herself, but for somebody that she wants to like extend mm-hmm. kindness and friendship to. It really was. Stuff. Yeah. But I, I like to cook. Um, I... Get into these habits of like recipe fixations where I feel like I get this from my mom who is very much a person where it's like if we ate out and she had something that she <laughs> loved, then she would make it for oh. the next seven meals. And it's like I think like three or four was always the best one. Or sometimes <laughs> she knocked it out of the park on one and then would like keep trying to fix a things. A real student
0: of the game, your mom.
1: Oh, yeah. And then, you know, me and my dad are like, please stop <laughs> making shrimp scampi. Nobody wants to eat shrimp scampi for three weeks. But, uh-huh. yeah. I think I kind of get into places like that but lately just cuz I've been traveling so much like it's like okay we're making Annie's mac and cheese but we're putting ah. some peas in it and maybe like you know yeah
0: What was uh what was catering like on the show uh you know I got to ask like yeah. did they did they phone in uh, pizza ever did you no. so you're-
1: we ate, we ate pretty good we got pretty lucky and we ate pretty good yeah so
0: what's what what's on the catering uh table at, uh, for the bear what what what's, what are you guys eating
1: they had a lot of different things they you know really pretty, pretty good breakfast search. i yeah. i think i'm kind of like I'm kind of, This is—I get into my, like, habits, so I was yeah, very Yeah, you're performing. Much like, you're
0: working. You can't yeah. eat, like, a ton of crazy shit.
1: I know. My brain goes smooth, and I'm like, <laughs> I will have an egg and toast and coffee. <laughs> um, I got really into making coffee also. Wait, That's pour so over? Boring. Yeah.
0: Let's go. What do you do? I
1: had just, like, a little—I just had a—I, like, <laughs> went to a store in Chicago that I can't remember, but I think it was, like— I think it was in the Ukrainian village. It was just, like, mm-hmm. this family-owned store. And I got a grinder, and then I just got, like, a,
0: pour-o, a pour-over set. Oh, and, like a V60 Japanese style? Yeah. Yeah, and
1: yeah. I, But I also—I really like to make, like, stovetop es- espresso. That's, yeah. like, when I'm, like, home-home. But they had this, like, like, electric stove where— I was at, so I got into my head about it. Who knows if that's real. You're but talking anyway. about your trailer. Yeah, no, this yeah. is, this is, this is, a, this is even before <laughs> I come to set, and then I would just, like, make a bunch of, like, espresso, and then sometimes oh. I would, like, bring
0: it. I, like, where you were staying while you are shooting. Yeah. Because in Chicago. Because
1: sometimes people would be like, what is going on with your little coffee situation? What's the coffee
0: beans, the coffee company? What are you, what are you grinding? I
1: was going around Chicago, and I was, like, getting different beans from different, Ooh. like, coffee shops, and I probably took a picture of my favorite one. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Yeah. But...
0: I'm thinking like dark matter. I'm thinking intelligent. Wait, I think
1: it was, I think it might have been dark matter. Dark matter. I think it might have been dark matter. But I just, I was going around. I was yeah. getting my little, I was getting my little dark roast. I was hanging out.
0: Well, let, like, I don't know if you're doing season two. Can you say, are you, are you doing season two?
1: I, I would, I hope so. This is so crazy. This, <laughs> this
0: world, like, are we going to do that? I mean, come on. Like, you're like number one show. Uh, <laughs> But, like season two.
1: Thank you for that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. What do I know? I'm
0: like a big TV critic guy. I know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: What (laughs) do I know? I'm in the show. I don't know. know.
0: Um, But next season, I got some plugs in Chicago coffee scene. So let's exchange.
1: Let's go. Let's exchange. Keep me (laughs) nated. So,
0: episode seven called Review. Yes. you know, prop, is it is it the props to the director because it, it's extremely difficult filmmaking when you do a, a seemingly a, a one shot episode. Mm-hmm. But the stress, not an original thought. It's uncut gems like vibe for for restaurants. And tell me about shooting episode seven, the review. What it's like that day.
1: Yeah, well, um, that day was pretty focused, honestly, and I think we all came in and we knew that we had a job to do, Um, not just the cast, the crew. Everybody was like, all right, we have to get cracking. The episode wasn't initially written uh, as a one shot. Mm -hmm. Um, It was... A bunch of pieces and I think also I remember when I first read that script I was like so blown away the 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 one that wasn't even a Mm -hmm. one-shot and I was like really hesitant I think we all were a bit hesitant like is this gonna work then Chris and Joanna reworked the script uh, along with Renee Goubet who was one of the writers and producers and you know yeah everybody just got together and and worked on this and uh, Mm -hmm. and then we did a rehearsal a few rehearsals, just some sitting, some standing, getting a feel of it. But definitely coming in, there was a focus because we hadn't really done it totally seamlessly. Mm. And um, so it was definitely, like, nerve-wracking. And, you know, then we just kind of got down to business. I think we did uh, one to get it up on its feet and just see how it felt and, you know, probably do it about, like, an, you know, like an 80%. Yeah. Kind of just make sure we can all get there and the timing is all right because it's not just— There's like choreography and choreography within the choreography with camera um it's the camera operators uh gary maloof absolutely killed it uh with his grip perky and shout out uh, to the Grip perky
0: because honestly what's yeah. happening is there's a ticket machine and, yes. and and if you've ever been to a restaurant you see the ticket machine happening once maybe twice yeah. it's on- constantly going the entire yeah. episode because of a faux pas with a with a Grubhub yeah. slash whatever a um, ordering system and a very positive review yeah you have gotten like 97 orders of cake <laughs> and 100 and so odd orders of, of 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 the sandwich that you're known for. It's it's,
1: <laughs> it's veering into psychosis. Yeah. It's 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 very insane. Um, like you know, place Marcus and I were like, this is a day from hell yeah. where it's also like the restaurant is opening for lunch and you've got like hundreds of orders of Italian beef. Like, just shut it all down. But I think you know, going into that episode. Everybody is sort of like uh, at sort of a a breaking point uh, of a lot of different from coming from a lot of different places and there's a lot of pride and a lot of not really thinking straight and just reacting and You know, it's like as actors you have to keep that in mind But then also be conscious of like the camera and what um, you know Eben is saying to somebody in the corner because that's also like a cute... Like, it felt kind of like doing a play. Absolutely. Which was so exciting to get to do because, you know, TV, there's so much, like, stopping and starting and you kind of just got to be... You, you had no choice but to be incredibly present. So that was very exciting. But it also was definitely really tough, like... Uh, emotionally to have to, like, gear up and do it again and, you know, make sure everything goes right. But um, I think after four or five, I can't really remember. I know we kind of stopped one midway because there was, like, um, a technical issue. Yeah. Just with, like, all the timing of also, you know— The props going on our prop master, Laura Roper, absolutely killed it. Yeah, like getting that machine
0: to work? Come on, like props to the prop guy. It was
1: really, really cool. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, everybody just had to be firing on all cylinders and kind of like communicating with each other even when we couldn't.
0: Cool, cool episode of television. I think it'll get it'll get congratulated at the end of the year. We're talking about best episodes. I have to ask about um, about Evan because you, uh,
1: my king, my fellow you're Massachusetts. King.
0: Oh, really? So, that's, yeah, that's is, you guys are both Boston. Is that right?
1: He's from Amherst. Oh, he's
0: from Amherst. Yeah. So his character, um, he uh, Richie, which is mm. uh, a real a real moment for that actor. Um, just just absolutely just crushes this the season. Just wonderful sh- wonderful character he calls you a condescending ribbon of brine yeah and yes so is that improv or is that script i mean that's
2: I-
1: that is that's do you know i actually don't rem- <laughs> remember yeah i feel like it's so brilliant I, it <laughs> it could be script but it's also so like brilliant it could be ebon i yeah. so good at just saying things like that and uh i come from comedy i'm a, yeah. I'm a comedian and so it would make me feel like hot in my body when he would do those things that are so embarrassing, and I'm like, I can't have a comeback. There's no comeback. There's, you
0: don't have a comeback to that. I I well, to give I you can't that.
1: have a comeback because I'm Sydney. You know, yeah. like it's like, yeah. and but also because it's like with that type of guy, I feel like everybody knows a Richie where it's just like <laughs> you'll you'll rhyme whatever I say with gay, yeah. and and there's really nothing I can do about it. Like you'll do that till the end of time. And and yeah, like where do we go from there? All right, you just kind of win.
0: Yeah, Pat uh, Stengard, producer, and I were talking in a previous episode about Richie, and like everyone does know a Richie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely for sure. It's, but
1: where it's also it's cool where it's like you know it's it's hell, and Richie is like I can do fries, like I can make jardiner, like oh. <laughs> I'm <laughs> kind of like scum of the earth, but I do have some skills that I've retained. Like I
0: love that. Yeah. Um, you know it's crazy when you when you think about the review because. We see this like Pete Wells drops three stars on a small restaurant. We see restaurants melt down and sometimes shut down. Yeah, I mean, when you were doing the prep for this episode, did you were you aware that this is actually not fiction? Like this actually does happen.
1: Yeah, we we you know we talked to a lot of chefs and you know those chefs had their own stories, but also stories of chefs and restaurants that they know. And um, I think we've we heard a lot of great amazing things but we also heard a lot of horror stories and i think also you know just coming from like my perspective and like you know life as like a writer and a Mm -hmm. comedian it's like i also know what it's like and know people who it's like you get you get a big swing yeah you get a lot of praise and then it's like okay Now what? And it's like, that's overwhelming. Like, that's like, that's really, really (laughs) overwhelming. And you're
0: just not ready for it as the chef. You know, you're not ready for it. You're not ready for it
1: as a a restaurant, like as an institution. And also it's like, I think it's really hard in different ways for both Carmi and Sydney, for Sydney to be the one who got kind of the shout out for something that also it's like, it is what I believe, but it's like she—it really wasn't. It really like how she's supposed to know who that random guy was. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really was an accident and like something that, you know. See,
0: it, I read it differently.
1: I, there's a lot of things that I've seen that people are like, I read what Sydney did differently, and that is very interesting to me. Because I
0: come from that world, like I, I, I know the critics, and I come yeah. from a food writing world, and I also know that there are very savvy chefs, and and Sydney is very aware yeah. of everybody yeah uh, uh, she's very aware of carmy's yeah she followed
1: Carmi to she knows Carmi, so yeah. why would
0: she not know that this is like the guy yeah and that she was going to so i feel like it can be interpreted i think <laughs> I, i'm
1: open to things being interpreted i i haven't i i mean i'm open to seeing also like i'm excited to see in the second season like how things play out, finding out people's motivations. There are also things that, like, were in the show that were cut, where it's like I've seen, you know, people be like, this was on purpose, this wasn't, and I'm like, oh, I actually know what it is, but it's, I love and I appreciate the ambiguity that it that's 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 allowed by certain things being cut.
0: We end the sh- a season um, with with that with the title of the bear coming into really mm. into focus. We know that the restaurant is pivoting to a different style. Mm. It's a great scene. Mm. Uh, does Richie allow this restaurant to change? It, I, I mean, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, Pat and I are talking about. I would, you know, I, I don't think so. I don't think so, Pat. You want to jump in? Do you have your mic? Is I you mean, talk-
1: he's definitely going to be a huge pain in the ass in the second season. In terms of letting it change, yeah.
0: So we we we've, we've been. This is a little bit of that, like scorecard, like a little bit of that chalkboard. We're, yeah. we're playing a little bit of that. We're kind of breaking down the, the 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 final scene. So
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely that. There's definitely merit to that, but also, you know, Richie is one of the people at the end who's like he's opening up cans with everybody else, and he's the one who also sort of like to Sydney when they're looking at each other is like. Come over, like come on. Yeah. So it's just, just something to think
0: about. Okay. Well, let's. let's get some, I, think, I think it's interesting it's either way. It's such a way. good show. Well, let's get into some more IO talk because I, I want to. We can move on from the bear, but I want to hear about you. Sure. You know, living in New York. Um, yeah. Did you have like restaurants? Like, were you were you like an eater thirty eight person? Were you like super into <laughs>
1: me being like? And, and the and the and the terrible terrible truth was I was so broke when I was living in New York. Um, I really wasn't yeah. eating out a ton um i you know a ton there were like places but i uh, i mean like also just being my age like there would be yeah. restaurants where it's like you'd see it on like instagram and then yeah. you know would go i had like spots that like I dimes
0: loved. dime square
1: yeah you I roll think your that's eyes like, thank, no, thank well, you for
0: doing that thank you yeah i mean thank you yeah, um
1: that's like a little <laughs> of that that's like a little <laughs> after, but you know but I um I, I remember this this ramen spot that I really loved when I went to NYU. That was called Minka. Me and my friend oh, would go Yes all the time yes. and get noodles at Minka. And that was like that's like a place that I think of very yeah. fondly. Minka's great. Yeah, where I'm also like, what like what a refuge for me to be like, uh I don't know what I don't know what the prices are now, but I'm like, yay!
0: I mean, inflation—it's like yeah. probably sixty, sixty a bowl, probably sixty a bowl
1: now. Sixty five. But so just like at the end of the week, go with a friend and like get like nine dollar like bowl of ramen and split shumai for like three bucks, and yeah. just like have such a good meal. Yeah. Um and like. Yeah, so, uh, that 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 I hold very hosting friendly.
0: dinner parties. Uh, are you are you in? Or are you out?
1: I'm I'm in. I love a in dinner L-
0: party in L A. Are you East Side West Side? I'm
1: I am East Side. Uh, I love a dinner party. I love to get my like pick friends from different parts of my life and like put them in a little pot and like see who's gonna like yeah. enjoy each other. Um, Love to make a roast chicken. My roast chicken goes pretty hard. Oh
0: really? Do you have a? Do you go like a zaatar rub, a sumac, or do you go straight?
1: I go. I do an herb butter. Nice. Let oh, it oh. sit, kind of chill out for a little bit, and then right before I pop it in the oven, I, uh, Nigella Lawson hack. I put anchovies on it, and Stop. That, umami. Yeah, and the and like Great. it's you know makes we put the veggies at the bottom of the pan; they get like really salty. All the fat gets cooking, and um and then it makes like the skin really crispy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you ever have dinner parties? Your, your big mouth crew; those are some food people. It seems Th-
1: those are some those are like Nick Kroll goes hard with food. Yeah, yeah and. Oh yeah, Nick has, Nick Nick is a foodie for sure. Definitely, he's, he's, like, he's like David
0: Chang, like on the on the speed dial kind of guy. Yes, yeah. he
1: has a very funny bit about snacking, <laughs> also that really. So I good. I think his specials coming out
0: soon. I mean, Oh Hello has got the like, best food stuff and in, in, like.
1: Definitely visceral food stuff. Visceral like playing yeah. from mouth food. Yeah. Um. When uh everything uh, uh you know transitioned to work from home because of COVID. Yeah. Um. Every now and again, Andrew Goldberg, who's one of the creators and producers on it, he would, um, like, do these, like, cookout dinner things with his family and then invite everybody who's working on the show. That's sweet. And that that was, like, that was really nice because also it's, like, that period where it's like oh tests are available and people can see each other and we've yeah. all like been being good okay now we can just like hang out and eat and, so like, awkward relax, though to go and- to
0: re-enter society in those barbecues i know well yeah. it's funny
1: too because it's like there's people who you haven't seen in a long time and you're like oh my god i forgot like your height i thought we would all just sort of be g- g- generally eye level but also <laughs> can stare past each other's heads.
0: I love it. Yeah. I, let's talk about some of your upcoming projects.
1: Yeah. Um, I have uh, some things coming out. Um, Big Mouth next season should be coming out soon. I'm really excited for that. Um, I got to write on an episode of what we do in the shadows this season. Yes. It's, People enjoy that show, um, which is also an FX show. Thank you, FX. I <laughs> I love you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for hiring me. Thank um, you, FX. Thank FX you for showing FX, my father for paying my rent. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's that's coming out. I'm really excited about that episode. And this season um is like really fun and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wrapped a movie. Bottoms, that uh, was directed by Emma Seligman and co-written by Rachel Sennett um, from Shiva Baby. Yeah. And that was super fun. And yeah, those are those are some things.
0: So fun. Well, we asked all guests in the Taste Podcast, yes. if you could write a cookbook or food culture book uh, without the burden of time, meaning there's no deadline, or budget, meaning you have an unlimited amount of money, what would this book be?
1: I got a cookbook and I'm so upset at myself that I can't remember the name, but it was a, it was a collection of different... Like African recipes. And one of the things that was in there. In BB's Kitchen? Yes. Yeah. In BB's Kitchen. Wonderful book. It was really cool. And there's this episode. This episode, my brain is TV broken. There's this Not recipe. Even great. There's this recipe um, for spaghetti. And it brought back a lot of memories of having like spaghetti that my grandma, my my Nigerian grandmother, would make. Oh man. That was like kind of sweet and very like tomatoey because Nigerians like love, you know tomato and had a bunch of, and and I, i'm i really interested in like food globalization um my father's nigerian my mother is from barbados those are two places that were formerly colonized by england and it's very interesting like i i definitely see and i've always seen culturally and socially you know like how they have habits and interests that have been impacted by that but Also, food. So obviously, I think I didn't think about it because I was just eating, and I was just coming after school, and it's like, yeah, of course, I have tea with my family, you know, like these things, and like you know, of course, my mom loves like kippers and like tinned fish, you know, of course. But but then it's like, oh wait, but like also like not, of course, you know. So I I'd be interested in doing I don't know something that is like tracing those recipes. My mom actually for she told me already, but for my birthday this year she's oh. making me a cookbook oh that's so sweet your her, mom is the
0: best mm, i all love of her your mom.
1: recipes and um things she loved eating Aww. and also like things that she's like remember when you were obsessed with lasagna in third grade <laughs> and i like got really good at lasagna and so she's like also i think going through memory lane so i would either do some sort of like afro-caribbean sort of globalization situation or I would just use my clout and help my mom get her cookbook.
0: I think they doing it published. together it seems like that's an angle and I like let's let's That's go. kinda
1: fun. Do I'm it trying together. to get I'm trying to get my mom some royalties.
0: Were you a fan of Garfield growing up? Is that what the lasagna was all about?
1: I think I'm j i am I just was a child who grew up in Boston. Yeah. And and there's a lot of Italians in Boston <laughs> making good lasagna. I think I'm just, I just love, I love, I love pasta, I love nope. ricotta, I love, I love a deep, deep red sauce.
0: As do I. Oh, it's so nice talking to you. Well, thank you for joining the Taste thank Podcast. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Thank you for anybody who listened to me rambling. We
0: love it. We love it. We love the show. We can't wait to see Sydney in season two. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Finally, we meet. We've been exchanging emails for years.
2: Yeah, and I've been a longtime admirer of your work, so this is so much fun.
0: Well, it's mutual, and I think your book is so well done many levels it's extremely smart with the recipe development we'll get into many of those it's extremely funny you come from a point of view that's you know upper midwest and that's where you live in north dakota but you have like this real sense of humor and and whimsy with the way you write and it's it's very nice you use a lot of proper nouns (laughs) i
2: i i you know have maintained the the jewish comedic tradition but also (laughs) a lot of the jokes um some of them have been slipped in by my husband too and and I just steal them but no it was truly such an enjoyable process to write this because it wasn't my first book so I felt like I had a loose understanding of um all of the the logistics of putting together a book and Just having gone through the process before opened up so much creative energy in the writing process that I felt like I was able to access for the first time since really I put a pause on blogging and it um, felt so just good to Mm -hmm. be able to sit and write and pour my heart into these headnotes and stories. And I, I really had just an enjoyable time yeah it,
0: the joy is is clear and you clearly put the time into it and so you're writing this in your in-laws basement is that right
2: i was Their partially finished basement with all uh, the old dolls and barbies and
0: Wait, happy meal they're, toys. they're all staring at you the barbies and the dolls while yeah, you're writing and they're this
2: saying don't screw this up <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm thinking like cinder block i'm thinking like space heater i'm thinking like malibu barbie vibes
2: have you have you been there?
0: You literally just stand in my
2: that's what it was. I mean, there were aside from the dolls, there were no distractions. Yeah. I had no food. I had mm-hmm. a jar of almond butter and yeah. pretzels and, and I didn't even surface to go get snacks most days. So I barely ate and I was just running on adrenaline because I was having so much fun writing this. And uh but yeah, the the physical setting was
0: Yeah. Interesting, But it, it produced a great document, so it's it's almost like method. You're doing method. <laughs> um, but I do want to know, before we get to the book, you are opening a restaurant right now, and it's cool to see because very few food writers um, do that, like open restaurants. So tell me about Bernie's.
2: So Bernie's celebrates... Midwest cuisine and ingredients. We live in the Red River Valley, which has such incredible rich farmland, which I think not that many people think about. They think, you know, okay, we're north of Fargo, so we just get a lot of snow. Mm. But during the growing season, we have amazing potatoes and corn and wild rice and beans. Um, So much Mm -hmm. good cheese. Of course, our neighbors, Wisconsin, have so many uh, great cheeses and everything. And we wanted to showcase that because at this point, if you go to East Grand Forks and you want to try a hot dish or a cookie salad or things that um, are staples in the region that um, are part of this uh, culture, which has a lot of Scandinavian influence, you have to invite yourself over to somebody's house for dinner. Yeah. There's, there are very few places that truly celebrate um, that type of cuisine. So we wanted that space and, and I've always, for as long as I can remember, dreamt, of menus putting together menus, yeah of course you're a food different- writer
0: you're lived in new york you love restaurants and you write I about it well in your books and yes it's like i'm thinking this is like the favican like this like remote restaurant that we're gonna try oh, i like should th- be
2: so honored <laughs> yeah no
0: i mean i'm i i feel like the, the styles are different but what what's it gonna be like like and you're gonna have people traveling from all over the world to east grand forks
2: oh my gosh that'll be so much fun i mean i'm just excited to meet people because totally. right now it's you know, I'm behind my computer or, yeah. um, you know, talking to people through my books. And if I'm giving people food, they're they're having to make the recipes themselves and I don't get to be there with them mm-hmm. while they're eating. So I'm really looking forward to that interaction. Um, and the space itself is this great historical space. Uh, formerly, it had a restaurant there that had been open for almost 100 years. It's a huge place during um, uh, Prohibition mm-hmm. because we're on a river we're just south of Canada.
0: Oh, yeah. So, of course, there's going to be Bringing down that whiskey. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Al Capone apparently hung out there. They called it Little Chicago. But so there's a lot of history in the space. It's a big space. So we will be doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then ideally some events. And yeah. there's a basement that we haven't totally tapped into yet that we ultimately be easy, want to.
0: Password kind of bar.
2: Are speakies still cool? No, they're not. They're That's not, a terrible idea. No. Let's strike that from the
0: record. Are you, So how are you going to work? Are you going to be working like front of house, like green? guests?
2: So I will tell you so we, we soft opened on Saturday mm-hmm. I was there at 5am yeah. baking scones oh, cool. and a pistachio loaf and just I, I was I was working with our baking team which is amazing um, and I had so much fun working in the yeah. kitchen again because I used to work in a bakery so I did that in the morning and then I put together the pastry case which I um, have been dreaming about and, and then I got to go out and talk with the customers
0: That's what I think they're going to want and like it's cool that you're working back a house front of house i mean it's such a change i would imagine from making television and writing cookbooks
2: i mean leaving my house (laughs) is a change
0: (laughs) let's talk about television um girl meets farm is in uh, your 10th season
2: um we just wrapped our 12th season nice
0: 12 Uh, seasons wow
2: yeah and i've always told i'm not a big goal maker i've always told myself I want to make it to a Bat Mitzvah season.
0: <laughs> oh my. Are you going to celebrate and have a Bat Mitzvah episode?
2: I really want That's to. Cute. Yeah, I love but it. we should be finding out soon about that. But um, yeah, it's it's been so much fun. The what group, do you like
0: about making TV?
2: I love how efficient it is mm-hmm. to be able to show things like pleating dumplings and frosting cakes and things that I found very challenging to describe. Writing out recipes Mm -hmm. and for my blog or books or whatnot, um, showing it in video form, which I guess I feel silly saying that now that Instagram has completely transitioned to video, but with oh, the show, I mean, gosh. we don't have... Let's not go there. Let's yeah. not go there. Digital I strategy
0: say, conversation, Peter Coppola br- style. <laughs> we don't have to do that.
2: Um, I mean, working with the crew, it's a family. We have the same uh, director of photography that we've had since season one. Nice. So many of the crew members come back season after. They know more people in Grand Forks than I do. its It's their second home. And so working with that crew... Also, being able to make a lot of food that is not often on Food Network. We just did mooncakes for um, the Mid Autumn Festival. Mm-hmm. We did one of my favorite episodes last season was Kanji, and there was a black sesame babka, and my dad came, and we did Jidan Bing, and mm-hmm. and and a lot of very special recipes that are very personal to me. That I've been able to call my grandma about and get her recipes for them, and 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 we've really been able to. Do a lot of foods that growing up, I never saw on Food Network, and so they, Food Network has just been so supportive in in that.
0: Yeah, they clearly are behind you, and I and I I gotta give them credit. They've picked the right. I mean, they don't always pick the right people, but they've picked someone who's awesome and very cool on camera. And I I know your your career is only starting. Let's talk about Home is Where the Eggs Are. I I really mean this. This is one of my favorite books of the year. I'm wow. gonna quote you. <laughs> You're
2: gonna, gonna make me cry. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna quote you. Everyone who's ever told you that marriage isn't for them has never used a Vitamix. <laughs> good line. I mean, good line. I remember, I, th-
2: <laughs> that's what I remember about my wedding was
0: Marsh and Bob
2: Boxer Unboxing. gifting us a Vitamix. <laughs> and then all of a sudden learning how good a smoothie could be.
0: <laughs> I asked that question or I I posed that quote because you have a great section in the front of the book where it says like what I cook in a week. And it's like so transparent and and real. And there's like a smoothie every day. Like, pretty much. hmm Talk about smoothies, because uh, I, I love that mm-hmm. you're into smoothies. Cause okay, so you know, are.
2: you know how when you give dogs medicine, you have to hide it in peanut butter? <laughs> yes. That's kind of how I am. I want to shove vegetables into my body, but I want to hide them amongst fruit and amongst nut butters and halva. Yeah. Like, my halva smoothie has secret cauliflower in it. And same thing with um, Bernie. I have not fully like told her what's in her green smoothie. She loves it, but she doesn't realize that it's packed with vegetables. Yeah. So, I'm all into the smoothies especially, you know, when you're taste testing cake
0: all day, you need to balance it out with a like a spirulina. All about balance. Spinach exactly. Smoothie. Yeah. What do you think she's going to say when she realizes she's drinking vegetables?
2: she's just gonna stop she's yeah. I mean, she's just gonna stop and it's gonna be really
0: sad but i love the smoothies recipes um you also have a, a, a traditional pizza night and you know you could be some some authors may position it as like cute pizza night blah 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 but you're like we watch tv It was like that recipe is more about the tv than the actual recipe which and the recipe is great And you're like, you watch things outside of like Curb Your Enthusiasm and House Hunters. You like stretch yourself. So let's talk, take us to pizza night this past summer. What were you, what were you screening? Oh, good.
2: I I was so nervous. You were going to ask me about pizza night last Friday when we made a frozen pizza and I (laughs) took off all the cheese since I'm currently off dairy for my seven month old who has sensitivities.
0: Yeah. But let's talk about (laughs) this. Let's talk about the summer before that. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. Summer produce is so... Go ahead. I just pile yep. on all the veggies um we have our pizza oven which I'm still trying to figure out how to use it's such a learning curve is
0: it one of did you have it built for you or is it yeah yeah it says
2: it um it's uh for no bravo okay and um her name is Friday she says Friday on it and it really is a learning curve I mean if if you're baking a pizza in a conventional oven and your dough consistency is a little bit off it's okay it's still gonna be fine but if your dough consistency is a little bit mm-hmm. off with uh the Forno Bravo, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So I'm still learning that. But, um, you know, if you put a fresh Minnesota ear of corn on your yeah. pizza, fresh basil, it's all good.
0: Yeah. And um, I agree with you. Pizza at home is not for everyone. But it's a commitment. It's a commitment. But I'm sure you'll get your shaping down and it'll it'll actually look like pizza eventually. I want to know what you watched. What was the, what were you screening this summer? Mm, um, mm. Anything like? I mean, are we are we talking about French New Wave? Are we talking? I mean, what are we? Are we talking? No, it's about?
2: like rom coms on Netflix.
0: Yeah, spring. <laughs> yeah, Palm Springs and stuff like that.
2: Um, Palm Springs. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one. I'll right. tell you that now that Bernie stays up later, we watch all the princess movies, um, <laughs> all of the Disney princess movies, a lot of Bluey.
0: Oh, my gosh. Lots of Bluey. I love Bluey. Bluey's so great. My, ne- my niece and nephew watched Bluey. Did you watch the 90s episode where they go back to the 90s? It's really good.
2: No, but now I have. It's oh my- so cute. Um, the Sleepy Time episode, have you seen that one?
0: I only have nieces and nephews, not children, so I haven't delved into the catalog that much. I
2: mean, that one's good. It's a good I one. I would watch that without my kids. It'll bring <laughs> you great. to tears. It's yeah. a great
0: show. Um, let's talk about Hot Dogs. You are like cool. <laughs> hot dog fam. You are hot dog pilled. You love hot dogs. I love hot dogs. I, well, I, that's
2: why I want to have a bot mitzvah season so we can just have <gasps> um, pigs and blankets in yes. 50 different kinds. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about your hot dog chop. Mm-hmm. Is that what you call it? Hot dog chop? Hot dog chop salad. Yep. I love this. It really looks really good. So, like, so good.
2: I think that it was born shortly after a Super Bowl party yeah. because Super Bowl is you know, an excuse to make pigs and blankets. And I had leftover hot dogs and I was staring them down and I really wanted to eat them. But it was, you know, a Tuesday night, no special occasion. And I felt guilty about just eating hot dogs on their own. So I put it on a salad and and it was still good. You still got the essence of the hot dog, and and so I chased it up. The croutons are inspired by the Ruby Tuesday croutons. Yeah, you know what I'm talking I about? love that
0: head note. You, you referenced Ruby. Yeah, <laughs> good Ruby. I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. So I, I my love. stepmom's
2: from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Let's go.
0: We can I've go. Been there. It's a good spot. Kalamazoo is great. Yeah, great little place.
2: Um, I can't. I, I don't remember any specific places that we've been to in Kalamazoo, but we we can I'll, go
0: into that off- because mic I, I have a whole list. I'll send you my Google Doc. Okay. Um, But Ruby Tuesdays, we had one. and I I definitely went to the Crossroads Mall. Respect.
2: Of course at the mall. Yes. Um, Yeah. Mall croutons. (laughs) Mall inspired croutons with the hot dog Because, you know, it'd be a missed opportunity, right? If you didn't do that with hot dogs and a salad.
0: Anyway. It's a really... You've got an avocado ranch, too, because I think that is important. You tie it all together with a good... Homemade ranch, Mm -hmm. right? Right.
2: It's like, you know, you take what you can get. You know, if you're not going to grill a piece of chicken or a piece of salmon for your salad and you're just going to chop up a hot dog, you have a little bit more bandwidth left over to make the homemade ranch. And so a lot of this book was about balance. It was, you know, you can buy the pre-shredded cheese. That's okay, But please get the good tahini or, yeah. but please make your salad dressings because that does make a huge
0: difference. It does. I I, I still don't understand bottled ranch. I've never, I mean, Ken's well, is pretty good. have
2: you had Marzetti?
0: No, let's go there. What's Marzetti?
2: Marzetti Ranch. Um, that was big in the 90s. Yeah. It's refrigerated. Marzetti. Yeah. I think there's yogurt in it, so it's maybe a little healthier.
0: <laughs> I mean, HV, I won't even say the name. Foley, HV Ranch, that shit is not ranch.
2: We don't have to talk about no, it. No, we don't have to talk fine. about HB. No, oh, it's fine.
0: Um, I think Kens is good, but but I like
2: Kens, yeah. Kens
0: is solid, but but you make ranch. And ranch is an upper Midwest Midwest like staple.
2: It runs through <laughs> my veins now that I've officially been in the upper Midwest for almost 10 years. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's uh, uh what where do you fall on ranch on pizza? Thank
2: you for asking this all the time. I love it so much. I have ranch, I think at least on one, maybe on two pizzas, and home is where the eggs are. Because there's the ham and potato pizza, which yeah. gets finished with ranch. Yep. And then there's the veggie pizza, which I uh, love to dip in ranch. It's mm, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Anyone who's listened to such a show knows we're pro ranch and pizza. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm quoting you. My one rule about toast when I break my ru- one rule about toast, which I break all the time because I love my cute red toaster, is that bread shouldn't be toasted at all. It should actually be fried. Okay. Let's discuss. It
2: makes it one million trillion zillion times better when you get a generous coating of oil in your skillet. I mean, make sure that it's completely covered in your skillet. And then if you have one of those nifty grilled cheese weights, you can weigh it down so the bread makes full contact with the pan. And then you or, or you could just use your hand and smush it around and then flip it and then smush it around again. And then it lightly fries the edges. The inside is still soft. So you get multiple textures. You get more flavor from the oil. You have different oils to choose from. I mean, if I'm doing a sweet toast, I'll do coconut oil, savory olive oil, butter, of course. And you really can bring old, bad, stale bread back to life with it. Notes of donut. That's what I'm
0: talking about. Permission to fry bread. I'm hearing it. I think it's so smart. I think it's definitely something that we don't think about. But we obviously love grilled cheese, which is like fried bread.
2: Yeah. It's just open-faced grilled cheese. I mean, making toast like that makes toast feel like more of a little celebration or more of a full meal not yeah not these cop out like oh I'll just make a piece of toast like no, no you own that make a piece of toast
0: <laughs> no it's I love it so now that you're a Jewish mother you now have a uh, a chicken soup practice yes I mean so let's well, you, this is clearly <clears throat> you've thought about having a, a chicken soup practice
2: yeah I mean i I I grew up eating chicken soup and I loved it um and when my kids were born I just realized this needs to be part of their childhood, obviously. Mm -hmm. So Sundays, during nap time, um, typically during nap time on a weekend, that's my workout time. But Sundays are my workout rest day. So Mm -hmm. I make a homemade stock and I make homemade noodles and usually cut them into stars. Although my star cookie cutter walked off (laughs) to go play with Play-Doh the other day. (laughs) Um, And I... You know, this book is about making a house a home, right? And to me, a lot of that comes from the smells. And if Bernie wakes up from her nap... And the first thing that she smells is chicken soup homemade in the kitchen. I mean, I'll feel like I've done my job as a parent. It it just brings the coziest energy into the house. Yeah. And we have already so many great memories of eating chicken soup and taste testing chicken soup together. That must be so, fun to
0: do the, the taste testing with everybody. Oh, yeah. it's so
2: much fun. We just sit on the floor in the kitchen and, and I try to feed her this vocabulary of, Is it salty enough? Does it need more acid? (laughs) Yeah. Does it need to simmer longer? Can you taste all the flavors? And she's getting there.
0: (laughs) I love it. So your husband's a fifth generation farmer. Mm -hmm. And is he still a farmer now? Is that what he does? He's still
2: a farmer now. Yep. He's preparing for the sugar beet harvest as we speak.
0: So he's not in here in New York. He's preparing for the harvest. Nope.
2: He's preparing for the harvest. It starts every year on October 1st. Yeah. And it's uh, a really exciting time of year because it goes for 24 hours. Yeah. And um, there are sugar beets just scattered throughout the roads. Uh, And it's very whimsical. A lot of the community pitches in to help out with the efforts. Um, And it's a very special time. I had never seen Anything like it before I met him, and before moving out there, mm-hmm. um, I didn't even know what a sugar beet was when I met him.
0: I, I kind of don't know right now. I mean, I know what a beet salad is. I've I lived in the nineties. I want to know what do you are you cooking with these or is this for fuel?
2: Nope. A sugar beet is white. It's a big white root vegetable, and they can get to be um, oh. This is radio. I'm holding my hands. I'm yeah, bigger, bigger than, larger, bigger than, than a head. A
0: helmet of a yep. football. Yep. Player. Um,
2: and they get processed into table sugar. So chemically the same as sugar cane, mm-hmm. um, but due to the climate and the moist environment um, in the Red River Valley. It, it sugar beets thrive there. And it's a similar climate to Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. So, you know, um, people think Belgian beer requires sugar beets for it. But it's really—that's what they have. That's, Interesting. That's the sugar that they grow.
0: How do you uh, tap into your local um, agricultural product and, and do a recipe? Is there, is there a recipe that tips to the sugar beet or anything you—
2: Well, so when you taste sugar beet sugar, it tastes exactly the same as cane mm-hmm. sugar. Um, I have— gone out to the field and pulled some beets and shredded them up. I made a sugar beet latke a few years ago. Oh, fun. My dad and I made a carrot cake but some of the carrots for sugar beets. Really there's a reason that they're just used for sugar though. It's because when you taste it it really just feels like you're eating Kind of a bland potato that's been sprinkled with sugar it's, yeah it's very sweet there isn't a whole lot of actual right. flavor
0: there though it's more of like one of those agricultural products that we we don't quite recognize in exactly. the food world yeah
2: and there's there's reason I mean you you wouldn't want to eat it in right a goat cheese salad <laughs> no but
0: it's so important to our having you know uh, having a sugar beet you know, I would say, like having a sugar beet um, based in America is mm-hmm. it's cool. Like it's mm-hmm. it's nice that there's domestic sugar. You know, we're not 100%. relying necessarily on bringing because of global warming and yep. because of well,
2: and also in in Hawaii, um, we we might have to fact check this, but their sugar cane production was shut down recently. Yeah, um, and in a lot of the warmer climates. Um, Or a lot of the warmer climates where they grow sugar cane is is outside of the U.S. Yeah. Um, So uh, Minnesota, I was just in a sugar beet farming town in Colorado. Um, The Pacific Northwest has some sugar beets. Um, Wait,
0: you're like visiting other sugar beet parts of the world um, or country? Not,
2: not. Specifically to see sugar beets. <laughs> you're not only like, sugar one, beet tour. I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, no. Um, but I just, you know, from living on a beet farm, you pick up these tidbits. And yeah, they stick out. So you're grain.
0: like, you land at a Denver airport, and you're like, take me to the sugar beet farm.
2: <laughs> Never. Okay. <laughs> no, because actually, the processing of sugar beets is this very strong smell. Yeah. That is, um, it's it's kind of shocking when you smell it for the first time. By now, I'm used to it, but it's it's not a smell that people seek out. Yeah. I'll say I mean to me it's now a nostalgic it's and part it, of it's home.
0: Yeah. But absolutely. it is
2: it, yeah. No, I are
0: we thinking cheese, are we thinking dog food? Are we thinking turpentine? Are we thinking
2: a little bit of funky cheese? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm being really nice.
0: No, no, it, it, I've I've definitely, you know, if you go through a turkey factory if you're like in Virginia, it's you know It's a nothing smell. like that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like you're.
2: But it's it's unique. Yeah. Come on out. Come on out to the I farm. I would love to. I, I they I, process I... them throughout the year, so you can you can smell the smell. Oh, time. cool.
0: Because I was gonna ask you. Let's talk about harvest because yeah. that's a cool like. <clears throat> how long does the harvest last? It starts in October first.
2: Yep. Starts on October first, and the concept of that is giving them enough time for the sugar beets to grow and develop their sugars, but then they've got to get them out of the ground before the first snow falls, which. Yeah. Could be October 5th is what we've gotten snowstorms then. But ideally, in, in a perfect scenario, um, depending on how big your farm is, the beets might be done. You might be done pulling them um, within a couple of weeks. Yeah. But there's, it has to be the right temperatures so if it's too cold, if it's too hot, if it's raining too much the sugar beet plant shuts down um but so once they harvest them they bring them to these huge piles around town they look they're mm-hmm. like pyramids of sugar beets and they pipe in cold air to yep. cool them down to store them and then when it gets cold in the region you know we know that they're preserved and then throughout the year they process
0: yeah the beets. that's really fascinating and thanks for sharing that because i think it's something we don't really talk about a lot like real industrial agriculture um and it's interesting that like your husband is working 24 hours a day. What, what are you, are you helping? Are you making some food for the harvest?
2: I make the farm lunches now officially. I took over the farm lunch making reins from my mother-in-law, Roxanne, yeah. who, um, um, she, she still makes a lot of farm lunches. Um, but for harvest, I uh, have started putting together lunches and I've come to terms with the fact that a harvest lunch is not the place to use really cute bento boxes. Yeah. Um,
0: They're like, give me the food as fast as possible. Give me meat. Right.
2: Make it in a very sturdy container because it's going to get tossed yeah. around a tractor. So it wow. just has to be a lot of food. But I do sneak in some like turmeric ginger shots and wellness dust.
0: Oh, smart! Like yeah. like real like giving energy for the harvest. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. nice.
2: I try I try to make it so that Nick doesn't get sick immediately the day after harvest because yeah. it happens every year because he's just so tired. So
0: tired. Yeah. Um, okay, yogurt. And mac—in mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Like, I love this move because it's it's kind of not written about a lot, but it makes a ton, ton of sense. So uh, do you
2: know the yogurt pasta ingenious Genius Recipes? Uh, Diane Kochalas, and I hope I'm not botching the mm-hmm. name— I fell in love with that recipe years ago, the first time I made it. And I just, it truly is genius. It's Mm -hmm. so, for anybody who doesn't know, you toss pepperdell with yogurt and the pasta water and some cheese, and then you cover it with caramelized onions. And so I had been making that recipe for a long time. And I started doing a version of that, um, that was more mac and cheese centric for Bernie. Cause I was like, I was one of those moms, I was like, I'm never giving my child boxed mac and cheese.
0: <laughs> and so
2: I came up with this. Ask me how many times I've box boxed mac and cheese last week. It It's truly a lot. one of
0: God's greatest <laughs> foods. I mean, Kraft or Bonza, I'm not really particular.
2: Oh, I like the Bonza one.
0: It's really good, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So good. Bonza solid. And the Trader Joe's one. Yeah. Um,
2: so, uh, Carrie Diamond was just telling me that Gal Gadot has a boxed mac and cheese oh, now. Oh, cool. That might I'll make be sure fact- to
0: check that out. I, I feel uh, I don't think about her as a uh, food person, so... <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> sorry I, carrie's awesome by the way shout out to cherry bomb what a great podcast no, I was just
2: there. yeah you're just I there love i them. love
0: i love carrie's she's a great interviewer she's make so sure to wonderful. check that out i love that show straight talk right here straight talk what makes a great hallmark christmas movie you t- you write about your love of these films and i i love these films as well
2: ccb candace cameron beret yeah yeah dj
0: DJ, she 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 does, like, hold, like, episodes together that maybe have a thinner plot than some of the Oscars fare that we're used to. What's a plot?
2: <laughs> I'm here for the Christmas decorations, <laughs> for the Christmas cookies, and for the heart-wrenching romance plot lines.
0: Usually around a donut shop or a cupcake shop. Mm-hmm.
2: And then, yeah, no, and one of my favorite ones is where um, the secret that unlocks all of this holiday specialness is um, – vanilla extract in
0: the cookies oh right they're like that's what they're that's what's in the cookies vanilla yeah. extract yeah that's Can what you makes the holiday imagine? season wow <laughs> now I have to ask have you been offered a role in a Hallmark movie <laughs>
2: Wait, are we putting this out there now?
0: Ah, uh, that is exactly what I'm doing right now.
2: Um, I will say when Re had her role in yeah. Food Network's scripted movie, I loved it so yeah. much. And yeah, I will say it. I would have so much fun doing something like that. Of course, I can't act, which would be why well, can't an you issue. Can act? Absolutely not. Really? No, I can't lie. I can't.
0: Act. You have like five thousand hours of television.
2: Yeah, but. That's making food and, sure. and explain. That's, that's okay. more like instructional, and I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. But uh, the problem is, if yeah, if, if ever I have to lie, well, <laughs> in any situation, I, I can't do it.
0: Makes sense. So I guess it has to be methods. <laughs> You'll have to actually work at a cupcake shop for like and a, a maybe six months. Bernies will become a cupcake exactly shop. as, we, as we like have a set. We
2: have a hey Hallmark. We have a set. I'll waive the location fees.
0: (laughs) I mean, it makes too much sense to pass up. I have to say I live in the Hudson Valley, and there's a town near where I live called Goshen. They film a lot of Hallmark movies there.
2: I'm so jealous. Do you go and
0: watch? I've creeped in and and seen some of the trucks. I've never actually seen—I haven't had a Candace sighting yet.
2: It must be such a cute town.
0: It's really cute, and then they do it up for the holidays, so it's definitely there. But Molly, back to Hallmark. I want to know— Hypothetically, because I say you can't lie and you, you can't act, but I think you can. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> Thank you. So what's the plot then? Like, what's the Molly Yay plot? Um, There has to be a love interest. Your husband will play it, so we'll make it a little <laughs> more real for that. Or we can have someone else play, and it can be acting. But what's the plot?
2: Um, Okay, I'm seeing a trombone choir because trombone choirs play the best Christmas music. Nick plays the trombone. Oh, he's,
0: so he's like the stud. He's like the main yeah, guy. Yeah,
2: so he plays the the trombone choir christmas music at this restaurant we'll call it Ernie's <laughs> um
0: <laughs>
2: Ernie's specializes in gingerbread houses gingerbread replicas of farms and um <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I just am carrying a huge gingerbread house and I trip and I fall at his feet and it's all broken and, and I cry and then he helps me put it back together.
0: I like that. It's great. And and you're, you're, <laughs> but, you're about to lose Ernie's too. Like there's like a debt collector. Oh, yeah. There ha-
2: you're, yeah. There has to be financial turmoil. That's yes. another key part of Losing a, a
0: family movie. heirloom or heritage yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. part of it, right? Yeah,
2: no. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then so let's get to the end of the end of the movie. Um, mm, okay. You guys are uh, All madly in love. You're the, and then yeah. the secret was vanilla. <laughs> the secret was vanilla. <laughs> and you have that single kiss, and then movie's over.
2: The single smooch done.
0: All right, I want to ask you this: Just and give and us this, the Oscar, right? I think you're gonna get some award when you actually film this this movie that will be aired in holidays 2024. Most outrageous movie. I love it. Uh,
2: how about how about how about most Jewish uh, <laughs> star of a Christmas movie?
0: No, that's that I'm in, sure that's happened. They've before. thrown in some Jewish plot lines. I've been happy. I'm a G, I'm Jewish as well and I, I I like to see a little Hanukkah that's not just You like,
2: like it? I like really? that it's more Do than you? just like
0: Lotka making scene. There's like
2: is, a, Which one is more than the Lotka making scene? I don't know.
0: Scene? I'm thinking that maybe there was like a Jewish
2: Yeah, there was menorah. like a blue dress and there was a Jewish menorah. Yeah, there
0: was a menorah. <laughs> hey, it's homework. You, you know, there's are <laughs> they, like 88 minutes, so you have to like move along on the plot. Um <laughs> Midwestern food I want to know I think you've really articulated it well in your book because it's not just you know Scandinavian or Germanic food there's it's a multicultural place it's a it doesn't necessarily live in it's not a monolith so like let I'd love to get your take I know we were just like clowning a little bit but let's go like a little serious like what's your what is Midwestern food to you
2: it starts with the ingredients as well as the very extreme climate. Um, so our ingredients are amazing when they grow. are wild rice, um, a lot of potatoes. Um, if you go a little further out from where le- we live, there is a lot of meat and, and mm-hmm. such. Um, and then it gets to literally 40 degrees below zero where they advise you not to go outside. Um, hence, Casseroles, or as we say, hot,
0: hot dish, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. So there's a lot of hot dish, a lot of soup, a lot of things from church cookbooks, um, and a lot of vegetableless salads because in the winter, um, what vegetables do you have to make a no. good salad? So cookie salad, snicker salad, um, and then of course I'd be remiss not to talk about all of the amazing indigenous cuisine that's in the Absolutely. area. Yeah, Sean Sherman, he just opened up his incredible restaurant in minneapolis which showcases so many of the beautiful native ingredients to the midwest um and it uh, there is a large population um germans from russia that's a a large population with a very rich food culture Mm -hmm. um that brought over things like nefla soup dakota style kuchen um there's lots of scandinavian descendants of course if we, as we've discussed so lots of lefsa Krumkaka, kaka um uh kaka, all all of the kakas. that's a lot Which, of kakas yeah it's i mean a lot of kaka yeah this is a lot of kaka's. <laughs> oh did we just think of something <laughs> i
0: think it's definitely part of this plot line for the, for the movie we're gonna talk about all the kafkas uh, kafka actually that's a that's an author kaka,
2: kaka. <laughs> um but no it it uh a lot of i mean it's it's food you want to eat when it's super cold and it's food you want to gobble up during our short summers like rhubarb Mm -hmm. um, when we have these fresh things and then Lots of pickles and preserved food. Um, blood sausage is—making yeah. uh, Norwegian-style blood sausage was something that I made with Nick's family shortly after we got married, and that was a memory. I will never forget—because um, it looked like red velvet cake batter.
0: Yeah, but it's in <laughs> a bucket on the floor, and, and it's
2: not that. Yeah, no, but um, uh, there, there are so many— of course, obviously farm inspired recipes because the blood sausage was what they made in the winter mm-hmm. um, to preserve, and don't let anything go to waste and preserve that ingredient from the pig um, so that you can eat in the dead of winter. Um, and of course, there's so much wheat out there as well. Um, Nick grows wheat and oh, it's okay. high protein. So a lot of it gets shipped off to the Bronx for bagels, which was very wild for me. Have
0: you to been Lord. to the factory?
2: um to the wheat plant i i drive by it all the time i've never actually been yeah. inside no yeah. but it smells so delicious when they're harvesting it's cool it because it smells like a bakery it smells like pizza i
0: have to ask you um another hollywood question are you are you into little house on the prairie do you watch the show a hundred percent okay great yes. so i love laura are you a laura st- i was thinking mary or carrie i'm more i like carrie when she grew up she was actually had a lot of dimension to her
2: I actually okay so I watched it with Bernie we watched the first few seasons and then um before we got to the later seasons Bernie discovered Disney princesses so I haven't gotten to older Carrie you haven't
0: yet. gotten to older Carrie no Nellie probably the performance of the <laughs> series Nellie Nelly.
2: oh but but also so great
0: <laughs> so great Harriet I have to say to um just just owning her, living your truth, truly living your truth.
2: Absolutely, no, that's such a good show. Yeah, where did we just um? Uh, what's what's Maple Grove?
0: Uh, Walnut Grove. Walnut Grove, Minnesota. Yeah, we yeah. just we
2: just drove by Walnut Grove the other day.
0: But it's funny how Walnut Grove kind of looks like Modesto, California. <laughs> 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 if you notice, nineteen seventy eight Hollywood, right there. <laughs> Like, and the haircuts are clearly maybe from 77.
2: 70. I mean, yeah, the 70s braids <laughs> are so great. I love it. I mean, those girls would be the hippest girls in Brooklyn.
0: Oh, yeah. Right?
2: Like, right now, or at least when I was in Brooklyn, they would have been the
0: hippest. Girls I mean, the they're country. kind of the band Haim. I mean, it's kind of oh, the same. Oh, my
2: gosh. what Yeah. What a great connection.
0: There we go. Molly, we're doing this new thing on the Taste Podcast. Um, Let's talk about the last recipe in your book. It's the very last recipe that appears. I've written several cookbooks, and I have to say my last recipe is typically not my favorite, though in one book that I've written, it was one of my favorites, but usually it's kind of the one. So your last recipe is rhubarb shrub. So let's give rhubarb shrub some love.
2: I love that you do this um, because that was intentional. I wanted to end on a sweet note. I love it's it. a little bit sour, um, and it— embodies the Midwest because you are not a Minnesotan if you don't have rhubarb either in your yard or frozen in your freezer.
0: Molly, we ask all guests in the Taste Podcast if there is a dream food book or cookbook project that you could work on without the burden of time or budget. What would that book be?
2: I can't say I'm already working on it. I mean, not, I'm not formally working on it. I haven't convinced my publisher yet. Um, but it's been an idea that I've been marinating on for years.
0: Interesting. Tease um, it. Say it. it. Say it and it'll become true.
2: It's so specific. I will tell you, okay. this is something that everybody celebrates. And it has not truly, I don't think, been turned on its head ever.
0: You mean the day when the shamrock shakes arrive at McDonald's?
2: <laughs> Keep guessing.
0: Okay. I don't want to guess, and I also don't want to spoil a good a good surprise because I know when you when you do that book, you'll put it out. I, there. I
2: will say, I will say, I am really hoping that my friends from music school haven't forgotten about me by oh. then, so there, there's that there's that element, yeah. <laughs>
0: Molly, thank you for joining the Taste Podcast. Matt, thank
2: you so much. This was so much fun. So much fun.
0: This is Taste is hosted by Eliza Abarbanel and me, Matt Rodbar. The show is produced by Shalia Harris and Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumber. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for updates on all cool things that are happening.